And we're back again. Welcome to Pumpcast, brought to you by me, Gerda Singh, and him, Omar Rashid, where we talk all things pump. Yep, so whether something is pure pumpage or poor pump, we got it all covered. So sit back, relax, and welcome to Pump City. Oh, was it? Yeah, I thought you. Oh my god! Okay, I don't know. I don't know. That was part of the content. Sometimes, you know what? I'm not gonna lie, right? When we're hosting events and stuff, we have this perfect like. I don't know if it's you know just between me and you. Yeah, I know the rest of the world, the the podcast audience is listening, but I don't know if it's lockdown. I don't know if it's because of COVID, whatever's happened. But sometimes when we're we're talking, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I could be saying something that makes complete total sense. And I just don't know what you're going to say next. Like last, like last week, we were there talking about Amazon and about how they're monopolizing industries and they're, you know, completely destroying business for like, you know, the, the smaller guys. And then you turn around to me and say, I need to look, I, before I start judging them, I need to look at myself. I keep you on your toes, mate. I keep you on your toes. <laughs> you know I mean? keep, keep your mind fresh. Do you know what I mean? I love it. I love it. Right. Episode four, Palmcast. Um, Welcome, welcome everybody again to another episode. Um, just want to say thanks for everybody that's been supporting us, that's been listening to us on Anchor, Spotify. Uh, we will get more clips out on YouTube for everybody to follow us. Please follow us up on our page there, Palmcast. Um, yeah, that's it. Search Palmcast for you listen to, to, to podcasts and keep supporting our clips on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so without further ado, I'm joined again by Omar. I'm Gerdas. Omar, how are you doing? How, how is everything going this week, mate? Yeah, all good, all good, can't complain. Um, not going to lie, kind of was counting down to this um, bank holiday weekend. It's, a, it's, it's just a nice little opportunity, isn't it? Three days off, refresh kind of thing, refocus, just kind of recharge your battery sort of stuff. And then um, we go again for, for, a, for a shorter week next week. Man. So, yeah, no, it's all good. Yeah, I'm loving it. I too, you know, I'm not gonna lie, when you're, when you're working, you're in the mode, it does, you know, when you go in, you go in, if you, you kind of forget. Um, about sometimes when you're in the zone, you don't really fancy holidays and stuff. But when it comes around, and you've got this extra day off. It's just I don't know what it is. It's just extra special, isn't it? It just feels like oh, it, it means so much, especially nowadays as well. Like with everything opening back up again, you start to cherish these moments. You start to cherish like having an extra day off to kind of actually live life. Like we can actually kind of somewhat go outdoors now. You know what I mean? Like opposed to the past bloody year where we've just sat inside. So now, nah, man, it's good. It's good. Especially like, I don't know if you saw it, but especially when we're seeing stuff like um, these pilot events taking place. Like there's one event that took place in Liverpool um, the other day. And um, I, I, I want to say it was around, I don't know, I think it was a good few hundred people. And it was people without masks, maskless people. Apparently, I think they've been vaccinated, but they've got together in, in this club. And it was just like a pilot event where they're just, you know, live music event. I don't think it was actually like a club scene, basically. Um, and they're out and about, and it's just like I saw that, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, that's crazy. Like, it's happening again. It's all starting up again. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's good to see, man. Yeah, I think we're going to see more and more of it. You know, as we enter, well, we're, we're in May now, so May, you know, the next big deadline was it May seventeenth, May nineteenth, when we can, you know, the cinemas open, the, you can eat, you, you can eat indoors, etc., etc. Hopefully, look, we're we're nearly there, man. We're nearly there, and. 
it's hopefully as long as there's no repercussions, these little pilot events, etc., will be um, no, that'd be good, man. It's um, it's good, but yeah, look, talking about this weekend, uh, what I want us to talk about, and something that I've evidently seen this morning. So, you know, how most people when they wake up, they, they don't get out of bed straight away, you know, especially on a weekend, and most people will search through their social media, um, they'll pick up their phone or whatever. and um, I'm I'm one of those, so normally I'll, I'll go through the Twitter feed. Um, I follow a lot of footballers, sports people, um, journalists, you know, broadcasters, hosts, etc. Everything that's related to kind of like sport, football, cricket. And this morning, like my feed was just next to dead. Um, and obviously, you know, there's this media blackout um, to you know on social media, and it's definitely taking its impact. And I want to kind of start talking about that first. Um, you know, your thoughts on it, people's thoughts on it, because it's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? Because some people might say, oh, it's it, it should have happened a long, long time ago. People are now maybe reacting because we've seen the reaction to the European Super League, how everyone really, really got together and, and people, you know, there were some people questioning, well, if everyone got together at this scale and in this sort of enthusiasm around racism, that would have a bigger impact. You know, is that a knee-jerk reaction to that? So it's just something I want to talk about this morning. Um, first up, really, just to see what your thoughts were. Yeah. Um, no, I think I no, I think it's really interesting. I think what, the first thing is, as far as I know, it's like um, the FA accounts that have done it. And there might be more, I'm not sure. Um, but, like, what I like about it, right, what I'm really, what I'm really got, you know, you got to give a round of applause to whoever has, has gone and done that, is... It was brought up after the European Super League where they were like, yeah, you know, if this, you know, like you said, if this energy was took around racism, but that was a soft thing. Somebody said this, somebody said that in passing, like a few people said it in passing and it was a soft thing. It wasn't a massive thing that's happened or a massive, you know, something's occurred where this is, uh, this has had to happen as a, as a response. So from that, they've took it as on their own initiative to say, you know what, fair point that's been raised. Let's show our support. Um, you people will argue, and you know people will always say, "Oh, that's too little, too late. It's not enough. Well, that's not going to do a lot." But if they're showing a bit of seriousness around it, like this hate, um, it, it's basically to stop. This is to raise awareness of the online hate and abuse that sports stars get, and generally all people get. Um, people with a bit of fame, but generally everybody gets well, it. Um, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's to raise awareness because I think the awareness is there. My understanding is this is to really push the social media platforms to to take much more stronger action much more um you know something more has to give back so i think look if anyone's naive enough to think our oh, online racial abuse doesn't happen uh, you know where have they been so i think the, yeah. the awareness is there they're not it's i think this is a push on these social media platforms particularly facebook instagram and twitter that stronger action needs to be made and i know i was reading about it a little bit this morning um yeah yeah. have kind of said yeah we've we've created some sort of like a an ai or a software or sort of thing that kind of filters out um some sort of racial abuse so that they'll pick it up um twitter said up to about seven to eight thousand accounts had been or messages had been like removed or taken down sort of thing but for me strongest much more stronger action and I think that's where it's been a little bit too late, but it's never too, too late, if you know what I mean. 
Um, yeah, but it's it's then basically when I say raise awareness, it's then basically jumping on and saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, God, yeah, we we understand this. This is a problem. Yeah, we we're, we're going on board." But what I like is they haven't just like it, something major hasn't happened. It's been happening, 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 and they've just they've just joined forces with with the good side really, rather than just ignoring it. Like I think um, one of the reasons that it came quite big after the ESL fiasco, all the managers, all the club captains wanted to basically have a meeting around it. And I think Abamyang, it was Arsenal captain. He um uh, he basically turned around and just um because of the back of it, the whole everything that was going on, he left social media, and the abuse he got was crazy. I mean, we saw we've seen other people that come out like publicly. Thierry Henry, he's come out and said he's coming off social media. This happens all that, but it's not just a sports thing. It happens all the time, and so I think I mean it, it, it's good. It's it's a great it's a great thing they're doing, and it's just the. Uh, putting pressure on the social media platforms. But you've got, I've got to play devil's advocate here a little bit. You know, although it's a good thing and, you know, it's raising, you know, it's doing whatever it's supposed to be doing. That's great. But it's only just a weekend. You know, um, this these, platform, these platforms and these businesses that use these platforms, these organisations that use these platforms, they're making stupid money. If it came to a... If they really, really wanted to kind of go against it to a complete... In, in a com- Complete fashion, they just stop using a platform altogether. Look, it's baby, it's baby steps, isn't it? And maybe it's it's the weekend today, um, and let's let's see what the repercussions are. But it's a starting point, isn't it? Um, and I think you know, look, this this positives with stars and people getting onto social media. You know, we get to see what they do. They get to interact with fans. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we it kind of shows a bit of a human side to these people as well, but it's, it's a start. But for me, look, it shouldn't just be about online abuse towards sports people and whatever. It, it, it should be just general in society. But I think so one of the things for me is look, if you, they've got to make it much more of a stronger, uh, a criminal offense, basically. Yeah. And I'll give you a scenario sort of thing. Like, let's say a person A racially abuses someone. Um, it's been flagged up by Twitter, Instagram, or uh, Facebook. They they report it to the police. That police. Well, actually, actually, go one step back. Sorry. So every every account has to be verified in a sort of way. So whether you provide some sort of um, a passport or a driving license or some sort of ID that this is who you are. So that account, yeah. It, you know, you are, you you are attributed to that. You then that person A then fires off a, a racial slur, a racial message, whatever. The platform then triggers it and and says, "Yep, this falls foul." They then refer it to the local police authority because they'll know where this person is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that person is then you know charged, cautioned, or whatever. Now imagine that person then goes for a job. And their employer or whatever, or he's working and he then has to update his employer, or you know, I've just been charged or I've been cautioned or whatever for online racial abuse. It then has a wider impact in society because then that employer might think, well, hang on a second, you've breached our values. This is not the values that we want, et cetera, et cetera. And it has a wider consequence. Um, So there's a mixture of what we need to educate, but there's got to be a bigger consequence because at the moment I think nine times out of ten you could you could put a racial slur on there or whatever and 
well, within a couple of days, it's forgotten about and there's no repercussions. I think the only, I think the best way to do it. I, mean, I know what you're saying. That that's that is the, the traditional method, the traditional route to go down. They get reported. They, you know, they go to police. It goes further. In some cases, it doesn't go further, or it's just a slap on the wrist. A lot of the cases, mate, it's just a kid. But I, I agree the verification thing. That that definitely has to happen. But it's like this COVID. What's happening with COVID? What is the main um, deterrent to stop people going out and stop people mixing and and having house parties and doing that stuff? Is when the old bill rock up to your house. And slap you with a ten thousand pound fine. That's mm. what needs to happen. It, as soon as your account gets triggered or it comes, it flags up with these with this AI that all these platforms are, are, are these, these these bots that these, these platforms are creating. When it's triggered and it shows up that your account has um, been abusive or you know has violated the terms, you get hit, slapped with a with a fine straight away. It's like if you download download something, something illegal. It's the same thing. That's I think that's going to be the biggest deterrent. And you just if you put on a something a crazy fine, I think we'll soon start seeing people just not doing it. Yeah, and if it means these sort of people then turn away from social media, then then a result because these sort of people shouldn't be on the social media sort of thing. So that's I think. Look, this is a start, um, and it's interesting that yes, the FA might have started it, but a lot of other. Sporting people and sporting boards. So I know that the cricket board, um, they've they've partaken in into it. Um, rugby league, rugby union, netball. Um, I think all the Formula One drivers. So there's it's you know all the journalists or like like talk sport broadcasters. Everything they've all they've all gone in. They've all gone in. They've all united, and it's it's fantastic. And I'll be interested. Let's keep an eye on it. Let's see what the ramifications are. Let's see. I know there's a bill. Um, I was reading again about it as well. There is a legal bill that they're trying to push through as well to kind of make it a bit more robust around it. And I think, look, this is a start. It's going to make some noise. It's going to make, it is going to create awareness that something has to be done. Um, let's just see, let's let's just hope. And I think from a wider point of view, I think just generally in society, um, you know, hopefully schools educate people better, the colleges educate people better, the workplace educate people better. Um, we're all in this together. It's not just the social media platforms. It's not just the FA and everything. You know, everyone, every single human being um, has a role and a responsibility to play. Yeah, 100%. 100%. This, this thing, this goes out wider. It's not just a, you know a sports thing or just, just a social media thing. This this branches out into just general people. Is it, it it stems from the bigger the bigger issue in it of how people treat other people. It comes down to racism, it comes down to all of that sort of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think society has to look at itself for like it, it's just an amplification of who people are. Social yeah. media. Um and you know it can be used for some great stuff. But um, it's also some bad. Like this is just a this is just an idea of this is just showing everybody how when it's bad, it's bad. It's really ugly. It can be really dark, and it just you know it can it can ruin lives. But I want to go into a bit of something lighter, just just to kind of uh, you know I, I actually posted about this today on LinkedIn. But I wanted to just kind of go into something that's um, quite lighthearted and positive news, actually something good that's come from social media. I know we bash social media. I kind of want to get away from the negativity for a little bit now. Um, but like recently, I don't know. I've just I've just tagged you in this and on this, and I'm sure you comment on it. But there was, do you know what NFTs are? 
Uh, I've read it, but go on. What does it stand for? Mate, I don't know what it stands for. <laughs> Come on, man. You know I ain't got facts. I just read stuff and repeat it. Come on, man. What are you trying to do? Make me look bad again. Um, but basically, and if what from what my understanding is, an NFT basically encrypts um, uh, photos, online content like tweets and stuff like that with a code, and it, so it basically enhances its copyright. Um, so it can't be, you know remanufactured and altered and stuff like that so it's, and it's like basically a digital piece of art right um and so what's happened there's this meme that's yeah like 2008 this meme came out which is basically of a girl standing next to a burning building yeah. um ironically it's basically her, her father taking a photograph it's a controlled burn it's a controlled building that's being burnt it's a controlled burn control fire even and she's there what, next to the next to the building and she's smiling and a and a father took a photo he entered it in a photography competition back in 2005 it won but then it became like a viral a viral meme in 2008 right now that girl who's and like who's an adult now um she sold that uh, as an nft for five hundred thousand dollars nice so that meme what was once a meme is now worth like half a million dollars just because of like it blowing up on social media. Pardon the like point. That. Say it again. Well, pardon <laughs> the point. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think look, the, you're right. The lighter part of social media, and one of the things I love about social media, and one, and, I, and we talked, I talked about it last week when I create, you know, I applauded people's creativity. And, you know, when it comes to trolling and banter, which is like, you know, the lighter part of it, some of the creations, some of the memes, some of the captions, some of the it's 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 hilarious. And we've all, you know, I screenshot a lot of stuff from social media that I find funny and then you share it in WhatsApp groups and you put it on statuses and stuff like that. Uh, but this is really, really interesting because it's like, OK, if I could create one, if I could create a photograph and create a meme around it or whatever, how do, do I then was it NFT or whatever? Yeah, um, do you know what I mean? It's interesting, it is that that is really really interesting. Um, because I've used I've, I've seen that I know which meme you're on about, I've seen it a few times as well. Um, but that is really interesting. It, it, it's what's interesting is how like you start getting in how it goes into the business world, isn't it? It's like how you can make money off it, and that that is the, that is the real good thing about social media, and it? it's given a lot of people opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Um, just off topic, by the way, I can think of about a thousand memes that you you could have just you standing there. You know that, that you know that annoying face that you make that like when you're just judging somebody. I think I've got like a thousand of those photos. We can make Mate, some, we can make some really good money out of that. I've got one right where um, it happened a couple of years ago. I went out and um, I don't know. I went through a phase where I think there's two things I do that people criticise me for. One, I roll my eyes. Um, yeah. And two, I went through a phase where I would just like facepalm myself. I think I was copying the emoji that was going around <laughs> quite a lot of facepalm. And I've got a picture of me with, I've actually got a facepalm and someone's taking it. And um, it, the funny thing is in one of the WhatsApp groups, I mean, it's actually the um, the icon picture um, <laughs> in that group. So I went through sending it, like, you, you know, you went through a while where something, someone would post something in the WhatsApp group. And rather than yeah. using the facepalm emoji, I just used to upload my picture. <laughs> um, decided to create so something like that, man. Yeah, I might send me the link on how I NFT that. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll make you a millionaire, boy. <laughs> make some serious money. In saying that, though, oh, you've got one of me. When we were at, we were at an event, and I've just, oh, I don't know what it is, but it looks like it looks like I'm looking at like the most amazing thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's, a, I've got a couple of you uh, uh, when we, we were hosting networking events and how. Uh, someone's taking a picture of you and it's just hilarious. It's just like, yeah, man, I think we need to, I need to, I think we need to start capturing them and start using them. You're giving me an idea this weekend, man. <laughs> That's how we monetize the podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> start getting random photos out of us and memes. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going uh, to go through my gallery and look at all my photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, none of that. What's next, man? What else do you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about how early in the week you, you rang me. We had a conversation. Yeah. And oh, you, mate. You, I was heated. I yeah. was heated. Um, so you, and it was, it's, it's interesting because you shared, you shared a story where you said, look, a, an individual, a local individual, one man, uh, one man, one, woman, one person, you know, got to get the terminology right. But, uh, you know, a, a, a one-man band, um, actually you tell it, because I don't want to tell in, incorrect information, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, but basically because... what it is, is I, I, one thing I'm really, like, conscious about, right, Be, being in working in marketing, working with, like, other businesses, one thing I'm really conscious about is um, that relationship between buyer and seller. One, yeah. That's one thing I'm really, I'm trying to really learn more about because obviously that's what drives everything in the business world is what drives marketing, is what drives operations, is what drives service, customer service. That's all it, that is, it's based upon that client, client supplier relationship. So like, so when things, so because of that, I'm really conscious when I'm buying things, when I'm, you know, when I'm receiving a service, I'm really, or even selling, I'm conscious that, you know, all boxes are ticked or most boxes are ticked for both parties. You all understand where you're at. And like, you just try to have a positive experience. Because again, going back to the whole social media thing we were talking about, things you can get, brands can get damaged real easy. You know what I mean? You can really kind of leave a, a blueprint or a mark on people. That's just unwarranted. So fast forward, right, earlier this week, uh, basically is an individual that I've, I've been like, I've been encountering for a while. Um, I won't go into details and stuff, but industry is uh, construction, basically. And um, this guy, right? I mean, this guy, he's at the start when first started working with him, he came across real smart, real intelligent, like going the extra mile, really being responsive, you know, um, you know just going the extra mile, seemed really knowledgeable. Um, and above all, like he's, you know, his pricing was fair. Everything was fair. It seemed like, a, it seemed like a great against other people. It was a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. So now starting, start working with a fella and we, we listed him to do some, you know, help us with some services. And first thing is when we come, when we brief him, he goes away, does his work, comes back, shows us what he's done totally misses the brief like completely misses the brief not on par with anything of what we wanted right so 
you give benefit of the doubt. You think, all right, maybe there's a miscommunication. Maybe something went wrong on my end. It's all right. We'll just do it again. No big, no big worry. Cool. By the way, initially it took a while getting it back to us. Um, yeah. So yeah, go back again. Do it again. Now, second time round, you'd think he'd be, you know, eager to kind of a get it right and b kind of just get it done as quick as possible. You know what I mean? To make up for what the miscommunication was before. Completely not, not completely opposite. Went away, took twice as long, and again came back incorrect. Completely missed the brief. And at this point, I'm getting you're getting frustrated. You're getting really annoyed. You know what I mean? Yeah. This goes on. This happens again, but eventually we get it right. Bearing in mind, so just a bit of context. It's based around a construction project, and it was based around you know work carried out for that. Now. In construction, like you want to get it done as quick as possible, and this at this stage, this took six months. So this is just lingering on. When confronted, and I've asked to be quite respectful, I said, "Look, you're not replying to my emails in a timely manner. Not replying, just not replying at all. Asking for uh, certain elements, just not just being cold. Calling him, just not answering the phone, knowing it's me. I'm a call on a withheld number. Then he answers the phone. You know what I mean? Stuff like that." Constantly asking him for advice, just you know, giving us wrong advice, getting us involved with councils and stuff, knowing it's going to long out the process, taking us down the wrong path. And eventually, I'm just like, look, this ain't working out. I'm respectfully, I'm, I think I'm going to have to use somebody else for this element of of of, of, of the job. Completely loses it, goes mad. Oh yeah, I'm not taking this disrespect. Da, 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 da. I was at which point I was just like took, took back, and then I was like, all right, look, you, you let's do it again. Let's start again. Again, does everything incorrect, not not responding in a timely manner, giving incorrect advice. And I'm just there like, what the hell? Like, how you, this guy is taking the absolute mick? So my thing is, how do, how do people handle this? Now, there's, there's, what, what do you do? And that's what I was asking you, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know what? Sounds like, obviously, a really, really bad experience. And I think... See, the difficulty is, if, if you had, let's say, an interaction with a larger company, right? Yeah. Two things, isn't there? One, um, they would have an internal complaints department that you would obviously go through and, you know, you look to get a, you know, a resolution. You know, you, when with a larger, larger companies, when you start putting an internal complaint in, you know, things generally resolve and, and you get a bit of compensation you get an apology etc etc you know that's you know that's the way it should be but when it's a one-man band a one-woman band a one-person band or a two two small business directors yeah, that option isn't there you're not going to be all an end all they're the be all and end all it's like who do you escalate it to yeah who do you escalate it to and, and i think that's where it then gets a little bit um little bit tricky and it's like okay well do i do i out them publicly on social media do i leave a negative google review do i go to you know if, if applicable do you go to uh, their professional bodies and or trading standards etc it is a really really difficult one now, now look for me right it's look everyone makes mistakes everyone sometimes um lets things slip uh, you know i'm a business owner sometimes yeah i've not responded in a timely manner and sometimes someone's not being happy or whatever um and you know everyone makes the odd mistake for me it's about how you rectify it um if you're big enough to acknowledge it that you've made a mistake or whatever 
um, it's you know it's how you respond to let's say some some negative feedback sort of thing. Um, but for for someone to by just a possibly just lie about that you know if you've given them a brief and they've lied about a they yeah. can carry. B, take the biscuit with the timings, and then three, when you're thinking of leaving them or whatever, for them to then flip out sort of thing. You know, that's where you've got some alarm bells, and that's where you've then got to take some action. And it's an interesting one, like I said, it is an interesting one, because we had this chat about, and I, depending on your, your mood, sometimes you're really, really angry, and you'll be like, you know what, that's it, I don't care, I'm just going to out the person on social media, and people yeah. will not locally sort of stuff. Um, but then sometimes you then think, how do people perceive you in that? And there's always hundred percent. Like with me, I'm a positive. I'm a generally a positive person. I don't like, you know, I don't like. Do- and I see the value. I know how it is quite bad when you start dropping reviews on people, and you know, doing that. But at the end of the day, that that all right, it makes them look bad. But the thing is, it doesn't give the person who suffered, the client, anything back. They don't get anything out of it apart from a bit of, you know. Oh yeah, one up. You know, I, I got him back. I made him look bad, yeah. um, and so like, not instantly. Anyway, they don't get no instant gratification, which is what you want at that stage. And like, you want something back. You just maybe in the future it will harm the the the, the supplier, but at the minute it doesn't do anything. And B is like you're quite right. It's um, it doesn't make you look good either. It's like you go out and start outing them. You start thinking, hold on, it, it puts you in a negative light. So it's just like I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was again. If anybody knows, get in touch. But I'm looking at, um, you know, what bodies would control, like, you know, what, what, who can I go to, what organizations to control this sort of stuff. But they gave me an idea. Like, I think any business, any business Listen, in the UK. Let, let's get a little bit specific. I know you on. did general and you said the profession was in construction, but there's yeah. a lot of arms in construction. So if you want someone's help, what, what arms of construction is it? Which okay. Are, it's architecture, yeah. It was the architect. architect. Yeah, it's architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, okay. yeah. But um, yeah. So if anybody does know, please, please get in touch and let me know. But um, I think well, it gave me an idea, man. I think every and I love the way you, you talked about like the internal thing, like in bigger organisations, internal process, and you know, there's elements to it, there's layers to it. But I think there should be something out there, or if unless if there already is, again, let me know. Where all businesses in the UK. You know, even the world could be subject to a, an audit, a customer service audit. It happens with, obviously, HMRC people, you know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. said the dreaded words. Ooh. Um, like it happens with HMRC, where they'll rock up and they'll audit your finances. Why aren't businesses getting audited for customer service? Why aren't businesses getting audited for their, their sales process in terms of how they're looking after customers? You know what I mean? And when you, come, when you hit a certain level, I think that needs to, that needs to happen. If you're, even if you're a limited business, it needs to happen, personally. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I think because there's there's certain sites out there, or there's certain like, um, let's have a look at like traders, for example. From what I understand, there is like check a trade website. There's a um, there's different types of websites where if you get a recommendation or if you go on that site, you know that website will say we've done our due diligence on people, and if you've had any um, bad experiences or whatever, let us know. But that's for yeah trade sort of stuff it's like um, trust pilot as well trust pilot is like that i suppose yeah but, but um, you're right. it's a, a wider scheme when it's every single business um 
wow. I mean, that's going to be really, really difficult, isn't it? And and you're, and you're right. Whether there is some sort of maybe there's some governance stage. At, you know, when you sign up to be when you register yourself as a limited company or a sole trader or whatever, is there some governance at that stage that you have to be subject to on an annual basis? Is it in line with um, when you do your your final year tax or you know your your, your corporate accounts, management accounts, whatever? Um, that, that you you also declare to this company or umbrella or whatever um, your your client list and they go and do an audit they go and phone them up they do some sort of like a spot check. Um, but it, why why not, why not bring it in line with GDPR? Why not? Look, all businesses you know they have to force to be GDPR compliant. Am I right? So yeah, they have to have to do that. Why not put it in line with that? Let's have a look. If you, let's make it mandatory that these businesses have have CRM systems. Let's make it mandatory that these businesses are logging interactions with prospects as well as customers. Because at the end of the day, it's how you treat potential clients. Now, uh, you know, like this case, they can be they can be good, nice as pie with you before before you sign up. But then after you sign up, you're getting treated completely different. Let them let let you know, and this organization be privy to all the communications you have with them. And and you know so you 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 so you're judged and so what happens is you're then kind of you have you're forced to be compliant with the regulations that are put upon put upon businesses because it's not where you can like this level of treatment that people are subject to they get away with it businesses get away with it all right online holds them accountable to some point to some extent but smaller businesses it doesn't work. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Um... And yeah, no, I um be interested to see what people's thoughts are. Um, see what people like you said, there might be something out there that we're just not aware of. Um, yeah. you're right, it's a it, but it's going to be massive, isn't it? Because look how many bloody... this, this deserves to be like a governmental organization. A government organization is not like an independent, it's like, it can't be another trust pilot kind of thing because, yeah, again, like businesses can choose to be on there or they can hide it, you know what I mean? They don't publicize it as much. You know, like the first, you'll Google a business and you see Google reviews, and then that might be okay. How many times will you go on Trustpilot and do it? Yeah, you know, or sometimes it just doesn't work. If you're recommended somebody, like this, this individual was actually recommended. You know what I mean? So if he's recommended, you, you, you're not you're not going to tend to kind of go and do that much background checks. And then it falls back on the person who recommended them to you. But then again, you then they're not they're not sure as well. Like you know, you and you and I know Omar. Running networking events, referring people and stuff. You, come on, you must have had it. <laughs> Touchy subject for you here, because I know how much of a networker you are. <laughs> but you must have had it where you've referred somebody to somebody else, and they haven't delivered. Um, don't get think, political now. Yeah, no, no, I think I've um, actually. Potentially, what? Yes, once I have. So there was a brief. Um, uh, wasn't really a direct. Um, it wasn't a direct referral, and it wasn't a direct recommendation. It was more like someone came to an event. Um, I introduced them to someone, and they got talking, and it was more circumstantial. Um, the most I've had is where if I've done a direct referral and a direct recommendation, maybe that person has been a bit slow off the mark to meet someone or slow to kind of respond and, and when the other person is then kind of 
in a bit of a hurry or has then got other recommendations from someone else and someone else has responded quicker and then this person's lost out. In in those instances, yes. Um, but generally, I don't think I've had... Um, but you're right, when you're recommending someone, you are... That is what you're conscious of. And I suppose it also depends. See, this is the thing about sometimes with social media, again, it also depends who that person is. Now, if you just see a random post, we've seen it on LinkedIn, we've seen it on Facebook. If someone just says... I need a printer, for example. Mm-hmm. You will just people just tagging anyone and anyone, or they'll just tag yeah. someone they know. They might even tag people that they know, but have never used them themselves. Um, yeah. And in that instance, it's it's just a safe recommendation, isn't it? Or maybe it's a bit of a, what I would call a popularity contest. Yeah. Um, and in those instances, yeah, you probably just tag, you know, and 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 let them kind of follow it up and whatever. You've just given them an opportunity, if anything, rather than a. By the way, people, please stop doing this. It's so annoying seeing that. Don't tag me and stuff like that. Like it's <laughs> like somebody tagged me the other day. <laughs> it was like somebody somebody said, "Oh, logistic services." Uh, oh, by the way, I'm grateful to be to to be to be known for that. Obviously, I work in marketing yeah. for, for logistics business. But there's four there's four hundred comments on that post. Like, come on, the person who's put it out there, it, 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 surely he's gone for the first whatever, first few, you know what I mean? He's not going to go for 400. Like, please stop. Anyway, you were saying. But in those instances, it's more of a, um, it's just a freebie, isn't it? But when it gets to a very personal referral, when it's family, it's friends or long-serving or close clients who are then saying, look, can you can you refer? Um then that's when you really do think a little bit. That's when you do think about, okay, who who do I choose? On what basis do I choose? Um, and then you kind of have that chat with them. And, and, and you get a, a feel of it afterwards when they say, um, I'll give you an, an absolute example yesterday, um, this week, sorry. So I referred one of my clients um, needed a particular service. Um, I referred um, them to... Um, someone that I know very well, who's also an existing client as well. Um, and he then rang me up yesterday to give me feedback, to say, spoken to the guy, um, this is what the conversation was about, um, and this is what the next steps are. You know, for me, that that's just great, isn't it? It gives me reassurance that, okay, I've referred you, you've, you've, you've made the contact, um, you've then given me feedback. Um, and that's also part of a different part of customer service as well, isn't it? You're grateful yeah. to the person who's referred you, and um, you're keeping them updated, um, and bec- and you also ha- you've you've also recognised that I a sorry you've also recognised that because I've referred to another client, he wants to make sure that there's nothing done that jeopardises that relationship as well. Because do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. you get very good eggs, uh, and I think in most instances you get good experiences, but it's. It's the negative ones. It's the occasional negative ones. And like you said, where do we go from there? How do we police that? How do we have some accountability for that person? Because you're right, that person in your instance might have taken some money off you, has done some jobs or whatever, has maybe now washed his hands with you and he'll just go and carry on getting some other work and quote you know yeah it's like it's like literally like a crime isn't it it's like you know when you see like these muggers like crime like crime watch they're saying oh yeah we want to stop him from doing it to anybody else it's literally like that it's like until it goes like until he goes unpunished or until he gets outed he's going to keep doing it and i think that's where like slandering him on a social media that makes you know that's what helps i suppose but the damage is also done to a certain extent 
Yeah, because you're not getting any compensation from it. Uh, exactly. You think, you think that he might, if if he did saw something, I don't know. Again, it's good PR. I mean, you could twist it around so many times. You know, you may imagine he gets a complaint and then he he rectifies it and he turns it around by then saying, "Yeah, put my hands up. Um, I've rectified the situation and um, we move on. We learn it. It's it's how you can sometimes turn. Yeah, it's just a spin to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, spin to it sort of thing, but. Um, yeah, no, interesting. Well, yeah, I think I just wanted to get that off my chest a little bit as well. But um, no, I mean, that's kind of, that's a bit of a subject that I'd want to get some feedback on. I know people definitely would have had like some experiences with it. So if anybody's got any interest like or knows how they're handled with it, how, what's the best? Question is, what's the best way you've ever handled a negative business experience? That's what I'd want to ask, like listeners and followers and stuff. But yeah. Uh, uh, wicked. Yeah, I think that's it, mate. I think there's anything else you want to add. I think uh, we wrap up for this for this week. Yeah, man. Let's um, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, good stuff. Good uh, good catch up. Good good debate. Good talk. And um, let's um, yeah, nice one. Cool. All right. Cool. Uh, that's it then. Episode four, Pompcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Please follow us on uh, LinkedIn. Omar Rashid and me, Gerda Singh. Um, check us out on Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please like and subscribe and follow on all platforms. Peace. See you next week. In a bit. Yo, shout out for listening to another episode of Pompcast. We really appreciate Listen, go out there, subscribe to Pompcast on every audio platform you listen to it on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, We've got it on all channels. So go and show us some love, follow, subscribe, and also like, comment, and share all of our podcast-related content on all of our social media channels. You can find the links in description. Thank you. Yep, do it, do it. So until next time, keep the bump strong in a bit.